0: So this week we talked about the whole idea of Akharushbrohu telling Noach, send me leave the teva, leave the boat. Why does Akhajushboku have to command Noach to leave the boat? Most probably he was already fed up with being in there. You can even see it in the Psukim. So why did Akadish command Noach to leave the boat?
1: Yeah, we discussed the difference between this sort of spiritual comfort zone of the Teva and this not so easy step of stepping outside into this new world, but the importance of being able to step outside and recreate a world even with all its complications and even though it's obvious and it's not gonna be easy.
0: Exactly, also we dove into the Psukim themselves to see the difference in Noah's mindset between being in a survival mode inside the Teva versus being in a reproduction mode, in a building mode, in a creation mode when he leaves the Teva, and of course, a lot more than that. So hope you enjoyed this video. Let's get started. So a new format. As you guys probably noticed, we're trying to give a little bit more of an overview about what we're about to discuss in this video. So, to make it easier to follow and to understand what we're trying to say, to understand the process of thought that we're going to go through. So, this week, what I want to discuss, as you guys heard, is the story of leaving the Teva, of what happens when Noach is commanded to leave the Teva. And the biggest question on this story is why is even Noach commanded to leave the Teva? Why does Noach have to be told to leave the Teva? You can see in the whole story, in the whole build up to him leaving the Teva, that he wanted to leave. He sends out the raven, the oreb, he sends out the dove, the yonah. Time and time again, he's trying to see evidence if he can already leave. He probably wants to leave because it's crowded in there. It probably stinks in there. It's probably really annoying to be stuck in that place for so many days already. He probably can't wait to leave the teva. So, why does Baruch need to go and command him teva, to leave the teva? What is this commandment about? What is this whole process build up towards leaving the teva? Why does Baruch need to tell him to leave? the
1: Teva. You know, it's funny, there's this song, Semina Teva, by Aaron Razel, and I remember it always sounded like he's just choosing the most random Pasuk, like Yomer Hashem el-Moshe. What is that? But you're right, it shouldn't even exist, this Pasuk. There's no need for it. And actually, what strengthens this is that we see at the beginning, when he was told to go in the Teva, he doesn't go in the Teva. The Pasuk says that he went into the Teva, Mipnei Me'amabu, meaning only when it actually, and Chazal say this, only when it actually started to rain, he went into the Teva. Meaning, Noach doesn't love life in the Teva. He's trying to avoid it. He was outside. He loved life outside. And only when he had no choice, he went into the Teva. So now it's all over. He shouldn't be stepping out. But I think there's actually something very deep, a deep concept hiding here. And I think if we look at what Hashem tells Noach just after he leaves the Teva, and also what happens just after he leaves the Teva, it will shine light on understanding why Noah was hesitant to actually leave himself. Because what do we see? We see the Tzivui. We see the Bracha. Kruul Hashem tells him to reproduce, to bring life into the world, to develop the world. And Chazal tell us, why is he telling that to him now? Because during the time in the Teva, they were not allowed to reproduce. Meaning that there's something that shifts the moment they leave the Teva. For some reason, it wasn't supposed to be in the Teva and now they get the mitzvah of Kurub. But We also see that the minute that Noah leaves the Teva, it's like everything goes wrong. Everything starts getting complicated. You know, he goes and he plants and then, you know, his sons, mess up. Just everything suddenly goes totally wrong. And, you know, he spent a long time before and on the Teva and things seem to be going okay. And it's just like, as he steps out of the Teva, suddenly everything messes up. I think this is exactly what's happening here. There are two phases. There are two ways that people know how to live. One is survival. Survival mode means whatever I had, I want to keep. I want to hold on to. I don't reproduce. I don't do anything new. I don't create. I'm surviving. I'm trying to hold on to. To what I already have. And then there's another mode, which is creating, bringing life, doing new things, stepping out of my comfort zone, creating something new. And, you know, there are advantages and disadvantages of both. You know, we always like to look at people that are creating and creative as something really, really great. But that also comes with a lot of risks. Sometimes it's a lot more comfortable, and many people we know, that's why we call it the comfort zone. It's more comfortable to stay in the same box, to continue the same place, to hold on to what you already have because it's familiar, you know it, you know the rules. Things don't mess up, it's clear. There's clear lines, there's clear borders. Stepping out of that is risk and if we look at this also on a spiritual level. In the Teva, Noah is not supposed to create. He's supposed to survive. He's supposed to take what was left of the previous world, what was still worth holding on to, and hold on to it really, really tight. And in the Teva, things are, are easy and you get used to the Teva because the rules are so simple and clear. None of Noah's children mess up on the Teva. Nothing goes wrong on the Teva. He doesn't get drunk. His children do through problems because it's very clear. You know, you either stick in line with what you need to do or you're lost in the mob, right? It, it's very clear. The walls are very clear. The borders are physically clear, but also, you know, mentally and spiritually clear. And when you get used to that, suddenly, even if at the beginning you didn't want to step into that, you suddenly feel how much comfort there is in this comfort zone and how much, you know, let's just stick here. I know the seven days pass and we wait another seven days and we keep on waiting and then finally that's gone, but but I don't know. Maybe we can wait just a little more and Hashem has to come and tell Noah, no, step out of the table. Yes, it's gonna be complicated. Yes, you're gonna mess up. Things will go wrong, but what I expect of you is What I expect of you is to create a new world, to build a new positive world, not to only hold on to the previous world. And why is this so important here, this message here with Noah? Because because remember what Noach is so afraid of, he knows what happened last time we created a world. He knows how it ended up. Noach's post-trauma, right? He he just saw a world completely be destroyed. He knows that the only part of the world that survived is what? What was there in the teva. Noach prefers to just stay in the teva with what survived and just stick like that. Not try to recreate. Because it wasn't easy and it went wrong, but Hashem has to command him, no, I want you to build a new world, I want you to build it better than it was. And yet, Yes, it's not gonna be easy. It's gonna be complicated. You're gonna mess up. Things are gonna go wrong, but at least you're gonna be in a positive direction. You're gonna be growing. When you grow, you also fall, but you actually continue to grow and create this new world. If you stay in the Teva, then there was no point in surviving if you don't use that survival as a way to plant and bring rebirth to the world post the Mavu.
0: Very good, exactly. It's understanding that Noah had to leave the Teva in order to leave his comfort zone, like you said so nicely, and start rebuilding the world, start reproducing the world, and when you want to rebuild, when you want to reproduce, when you want to create, you have to step out of those boundaries, out of those borders that help you up, that keep you in line, and it is scary, and like you said, you will fall, can fall seven times, but then you get up the eighth time, as Mishlei says, and this is what is telling over here, that now it's time to leave that Teva, right, the world wasn't a terrible place, we had to get back in line, into the Teva, now it's time to go back out again and start rebuilding. And interestingly enough, like we like to do in our videos, even when you look at the psukim, you can see the shift in mindset happening even within Noach himself. Because maybe this whole story about the raven and the yonah, about the olive and the dove, is exactly this shift in mindset that's also happening already in Noach's mind. Because as we've said many times, you have to notice the Hebrew words the Torah uses. There's always a pattern. There's always something the Torah is trying to tell us on the most basic level by the words it uses. And over here, you have to see how in the beginning we see HaKadosh Baruch Hu remembering Noah, and then the Torah tells us, Va'ikale hageshemin ha kaf lamed aleph, from the verb of prison, of preventing something, that the water is now being prevented from going down from the sky. There's also psukim in other places in the Tanakh and Chagai, etc., that use this verb of Va'ikale towards the rain being stopped in the sky. But then later on, when Noah wants to see if the water is done, if there's no more water left on the ground, he wants to see hakalu hamain if the water is finished from the ground if there's no more water left hakalu is spelled kuf lamed lamed or kuf lamed a very very similar word but it means something else it means to see if the water slowly slowly is going away from the ground kalu from the word relief hakala that's what it means over there and when you look at the psukim and you kind of split these two sections in two in the first part you see that the verbs the Torah uses haloch vechasol or yatzov hashov by the raven you see how the Torah is talking about a situation which is kind of standing in its place. The water is being prevented from going down from the sky, but the water is still on the ground. We are in this frozen situation. We're in this time of prevention where things are trying to be the same without changing. There's no more water coming down. The water is going backwards and forwards. The raven is leaving, but he's not going away. He's flying above the ship, above the boat. He's Yatsov Ashov. He's just there. He's not landing back. This is the situation the world is in. This is the mindset Noach is in. But then, no decides to move on to the next step to see if slowly slowly the water is going away and slowly slowly the land is being shown again the land that he can start working and in this part the focus is not about the rain that's being prevented and the water in the world but actually the water going away from the land because now the land becomes again the main focus of what's going on the main focus for Noach himself and also the Torah uses the verb of Noach began in order to describe how slowly slowly he's starting this process of sending out the dove. This verb of va'yachal we know very well from a little bit later on, where Rashi explains to us, just like you were saying, vayachel noach, when he went to plant a vineyard, va'yachal mishun chulin, that he went down from his spiritual level and became way too much materialistic that led into these problems that you were describing. But maybe also already here, this va'yachal has begun. This noach leaving his high level of spirituality and slowly, slowly becoming more materialistic. It began over here in the boat. But like you were saying, if you're in the boat, you got the borders around you to hold you. You got something to keep you in place. But once you leave the boat and you're still Vayachel, you're still becoming more materialistic, that's when the danger really is. That's where he can end up being and going to those places where he went. Maybe this is what the Torah is telling us over here again, because when you look at the psukim, you see the pattern of Haloch Mashov backwards and forwards. And then you see the pattern of va'yachal Noach and these steps that he's taking. And then again, leaving the Teiva, va'yachal Noach even more. But even with all this, like you were saying, you have to leave the Teiva. You shouldn't be afraid from leaving the tevah because this is your job. This is your purpose, Noach. You have to go into the world to develop it, to build it. Maybe this is what the Torah is teaching us here, what the Yonah, what the Dove is teaching, Noach. Really, you have to change your mindset from being a follower that only does what he's told and prevents himself from doing other things. Like we know from the beginning of the Parsha, He was always following, like we discussed two years ago, moving into this mindset of creating, of adding more, of building, of reproducing, and also not being afraid of it because that's his job in the world, doing it the right way, reproducing the world, building in the world the right way. This is what HaKadosh is telling Noah here. This is what HaKadosh is expecting from Noah here. And this is, as you said, what HaKadosh is blessing Noah here after he leaves the Teva. This is such an important message because so many
1: times, you know, we don't do things we need to do because we're fear to make mistakes, especially when we've seen a previous mistake, when we've gone through failure, we fear to make mistakes and then we don't do anything. And we've mentioned this in the past. We have the Pasuk that says, Ki ein tzaddik ba'aretz asher tov velo There's no such thing as a tzaddik. even Noah, who doesn't fail. But we explain that it doesn't just mean there's no such a thing as a tzaddik that doesn't fail. There is a tzaddik who doesn't fail. You know who? A tzaddik who doesn't do anything. If you don't do anything, you don't fail. But it says differently. It says Ein tzaddik ba'aretz asher tov velo If you do good, you also make mistakes, you also fail. You can do nothing. That's not really great, says Hashem. Get out of the Teva. Yes, it's going to be complicated. Yes, entering the land and rebuilding it, it's going to come with mistakes. But be a tzaddik share oseto, that does good, even though ain't tzaddik You will make mistakes, you will fail, but you'll be in the process of building. When you're in the process of building and growing, that's where you should be. That's what you're here in the
0: world for, even though that comes with a lot of complications on the way. Exactly, beautiful. We're out of time, so we'll end here. Just to remind the viewers again, what we've discussed the past couple of years, last year, we- we discussed the Tower of Babel, what's the story over there? On the one hand, all the people together in unity build this big tower. Isn't unity a good thing? What exactly is the story over there? Again, we dove into the Pesukim over there trying to understand the Hebrew language the Torah uses over there. Two years ago, we discussed an even bigger question, Noach, the big tzaddik. We know other tzaddikim like Avram and Moshe when HaKadosh Baruch tells them that he's about to bring destruction to the world. Both of them stand up and Daven to save the world. Avram with Zdom, Moshe with Am So why isn't Noach standing up to save the world? Why isn't he even trying to save the world? We discussed that topic, like I mentioned before, and as usual, if you enjoyed this video, feel free to like it, comment below, subscribe to our channel if you haven't subscribed, and of course, share it with your friends if you enjoyed it. And we'll talk again next week.